Before we get going with today's podcast, I just want to jump on here for a second and personally invite you to a one-off brand new masterclass that I am hosting on Thursday the 16th of May. How to scale your online business to six figures and beyond. So if you are a course creator, a membership owner or a coach, then this is for you. I'm sharing with you my most effective strategies to become the go-to person in your industry and grow your online business. I will cover how to build your audience, how to craft an irresistible offer and how to master your launch strategy so that you will know the most effective way to grow your audience and build your email list fast, know how to craft an offer that your audience will love and create a launch that fits with you and enables you to sell with ease. And why should you come and listen to me? Well, I started doing this almost 10 years ago and the very first client I worked with back in 2016, I helped him launch his very first membership. He had a done for you product and a one-to-one product and we created a membership. In his first launch, he got 130 members, bringing him in about 60,000 in income every year. Now, He has built a suite of online products that is bringing him in way over six figures every single year. This is going to be an awesome masterclass. You're going to get so much good stuff to take away with you to be able to use in your business. So to grab your free place, go to TeresaHeathWearing.com forward slash masterclass and I will see you there. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast episode 87. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast and I'm your host, Teresa Heathwaring. If you're a marketer, business owner or entrepreneur that is frustrated and overwhelmed with all the constant changes in digital marketing and social media, then you, my friend, are in the right place. Each week, I share with you easy, insightful and actionable steps that you can use to grow your business. So let's get started. Hello and a really warm welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. How are you doing? I can't believe that we are almost, well, I'm not going to say towards the end of the year, but we are obviously in the latter stages of the year. It's going so, so fast. And my November is absolutely jam-packed. I am talking at lots of amazing places. So if you're going to be seeing me, then please, please, please come up and say hi and let me know that you listen to the podcast. I love meeting people. So definitely come and say hi. But yeah, it's going to be a super busy November. And before I know it, it's going to be December, which is just crazy. But anyway, anyway, so this week I'm doing a solo episode and I wanted to talk about something. I was having a real brainstorm about what could I talk about and trying to write down loads of different ideas and things. And I've decided that I want to talk about how you can bring emotion into your marketing because actually it's super, super important. And one of the reasons I decided to talk about this is because I've been reading Kotler's marketing book, Marketing 4.0, and he talks about the fact that it's even more important than ever for authenticity and to build that tribe. And and when I talk about tribe, I basically just mean your community of people that are going to want to come and engage with you and want to have a conversation with you and want to ultimately buy your products and services. And one of the ways in which you can start to connect to them is via emotion. And I'm really, as I was writing down all the ideas for this, it made me a little bit nervous because sometimes when we think about using emotion, We think about tactics that maybe aren't that nice. So for instance, an emotion that you could use in marketing is fear. And I remember many, many, many years ago, I used to work for a bank 
And we used to sell insurance. It's very different nowadays, but we used to sell insurance. And one of the ways in which we'd sell insurance is through fear. It would be, well, what what would you do? What would happen if you lost your job and you couldn't pay your bills? You'd lose your house and you'd do this and you'd do that. And, you know, and your kids wouldn't eat. And you'd start building this horrible, scary picture for them. And then they would go, oh, yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah, maybe I should have that thing. So I'm a little bit worried that talking about this, people are going to think that that's what I'm talking about. So hopefully in today's episode, I'm going to be able to give you a really clear idea about what I mean when I talk about using emotion in marketing and how really positive it can be and also how it can actually make a big difference to your marketing and how you connect with that audience. So hopefully it will be a good one. So let's start talking about what is emotional marketing. Well, it's basically marketing to your customers and your audience and trying to get an emotion from them so that it helps them remember or share or interact with your post or your marketing. So it's basically just trying to provoke something from an emotional side from them. And this can be any emotion. It can be admiration, anger, anxiety, craving, envy, calmness, love, fear, sadness, reminiscing, intrigue. It can be any one of those emotions. And really what I would suggest is if you're trying to go for an emotion, you go for kind of the more stronger ones. So you wouldn't perhaps go for slightly annoyed. You would go for angry. You wouldn't go for, yeah, it's okay. You'd go for either really happy or really sad. So you're going to wonder why am I talking about making people angry and sad through posts? But bear with me and let me explain. But first, let me talk about why this actually works and why it's really worth considering whether you are posting anything on social media or doing your marketing and you're bringing in any emotion at all. So there's a couple of things. I want you first to think about what was the last thing you shared on social media? Now, when it comes to Facebook, I'm not a very big sharer, so I don't actually share a lot of stuff. I will retweet stuff on Twitter, but that's just how I use my my own personal Facebook But I want you to think about what was the last thing you shared or the last thing that someone you follow shared. And I can pretty much guarantee it was something based on an emotion. So it was either something through pride, something that made them angry, something that upset them, something that pulled on their heartstrings, something that was absolutely rolled around the floor laughing. It was something that made them react in some kind of way. So first of all, that's one of the reasons why you really want to be using emotions in your post. Because if someone looks at a post and has a non-feeling about it, it's kind of one of the worst things we can do because they're not going to do anything. Whether it's good or bad, positive or negative, we want them to react in one way or another. Also, think about when you were told a story by someone, or I try and liken it back to when I was at university doing my marketing degree, and I had uh, two different lecturers. One was a statistician. Now, even just saying that word is a bit full on. And I used to go into his lessons, and I swear to goodness, I couldn't have repeated a single word that he said, because even though I was listening, it just didn't go in because it was all facts and figures and, and processes. And then I would go into another lesson called service marketing, and they would talk about how to market a service. So if you're a hairdresser's or a, I don't know, beauty salon or whatever it might be, and or a restaurant, and they talked about all the different things that you would have to do and consider if you're a service. 
And what was really interesting is she used to tell stories and I could have listened to her stories over and over and over because they would sort of obviously react with me in one way or another. I'd sit there and think, that's interesting, that's funny, that's sad, that's good, that's not good. Whatever those kind of emotions were that were coming up for me, I remembered it because you remember those details. I often get people speaking to me when I do go and do events and they will remember things like, I have a daughter because I talk about it, my husband's in the military. They do remember these things because we remember the personal stuff. It's really hard to remember the kind of, really facty type stuff, but we do remember the personal stuff. So again, that's why the emotion stuff can really, really work. And also it's much, much easier to relate to someone when you feel something. Like I said, if someone's scrolling through your posts and see a post from you and they don't feel anything, then that's going to be really, really difficult to try and build that relationship and build that community and have some kind of engagement with them if they just look at that and they're like, nah, not bothered either way. And to back this up, there is this amazing quote, which I am going to do a terrible job at remembering who it was said by, but basically it was something along the lines of, you might forget what someone said to you, but you'll never forget how they made you feel. Is that right? I think I've said it right. But yeah, you get my drift. So we remember the emotional things. We remember how we feel about things. We don't always remember those facts and figures. Now, am I telling you that every single post you've got to do on social media has to include some emotive thing? No, not necessarily, because quite honestly, if you're talking about, I don't know, oh, I can't even think off the top of my head, but if you're talking about selling houses, it might be really difficult to try and get something in every single post that is creating some emotion. Also, you don't want it to be like an emotional roller coaster. If someone looks through your feed where they're like, oh, that's so awful and ah, that's hilarious. And oh my God, I'm so angry about it. So again, it's not necessarily about that either. It's also not just about trying to get them to have that one same emotion. Now, you might be really good at doing the funny stuff or you might be really good at doing the sentimental stuff, especially depending on what your business is. However, sometimes you do want to try and mix it up so you are doing different emotions for different things. And then lastly, the other reason why emotions are so good is because we tend to buy with our emotions. So even when it's a very practical product, we tend to buy with our emotion through trust. So if I go onto Amazon and I want to buy a wire for my phone or something really non-emotive, then I'll obviously look for things like trust to make me feel better about making that purchase. If I buy something like, oh, this is so sad, but if I buy like a notebook, it's because I love it and I think it's beautiful and I like how it makes me feel that I've got that notebook. If you are buying a house, again, that might be down to, you know, that will come to emotion in the end. It might be, yeah, I'm looking for these practical things, but you walk in there and you have a feeling about it. And then things like you might buy something because you are so frustrated and angry about your problem that you've got that actually that's why you want to buy that thing. So the emotion may not be about buying the physical product. So the other day I bought, I have real trouble sleeping sometimes, and I bought some magnesium. And mag buying magnesium is not like the most exciting thing in the world. I don't get super excited and all emotional about, oh, wow, I'm going to buy a magnesium. But what I do get emotional about and what is an emotion is I get so frustrated that I can't fall asleep. So for me, through the frustration, I then buy the product. So like I said, I want you to kind of think about next time you're buying something as well, what's the emotion attached to that? And it might be emotion of 
giving, it might be through sort of reminiscing, it might be a craving, you know, there's so many different emotions. So I want you to try and keep as wide in terms of your mind, thinking about that and thinking about your business. So if we want to start talking about doing some of these more emotive type posts, what sort of things do you need to consider in order to do these? Well, the very first thing you need to know is you need to know your audience. So this is, well, do you know what? I, I'm so sick of saying this, but so you're probably sick of hearing it. But this is so, so important on everything in marketing. And honestly, I couldn't urge you enough to go back and listen. And I can't remember the episode. I'm going to put it in the show notes. So go back and have a look at the episode where I talk about how to create your perfect avatar, i.e. your perfect prospect. And definitely do that if you haven't. But it's so important to know your audience because if you are trying to use emotion to sell your products and services or to engage with people and you gauge your audience wrong, it could be catastrophic. You could put something out there and you could have built this really lovely community and people who are following your page and liking your stuff. And then you put an emotional thing out there or you put something out that you think they're going to resonate with in one way. And actually you've got them completely wrong and they resonate in an entirely different way. Now, obviously some people emotions are completely to ourselves. So some people will react one way and some will react another way. But generally, if you know who you're talking to and you know your audience, you're going to know what would wind them up and what they'll relate with and what they'll engage with. So obviously bear that in mind when you're thinking about trying to bring some level of emotion into your posts. So let's say, for instance, that I had a predominantly young male following. I don't, by the way, but let's say I did. For me to start posting emotional stuff about what it's like to be a mum and a, and a you know entrepreneur or how awful I feel about leaving my daughter for two weeks when I head off to California and all this sort of thing, it's just not going to resonate. It's just not going to hit home. And in worst case scenarios, it might end up actually alienating your audience. So I definitely want you to think about who is it that you're talking to and are they likely to relate to this in the same way or in the way that you're expecting? Okay, the next thing I want you to think about is it really helps if you're telling a story. So trying to evoke an emotion is really difficult if there's not a story behind it. So you're going to know in your business, and when I give you some of these examples, what kind of stories you can tell. But often, funnily enough, actually, the episode that's just gone out as I'm recording this was the one about fear, episode 85, I think, and one about fear and getting over it and doing actions and that sort of thing. And again, that was a fairly emotive one for me to record in terms of I was being very honest and vulnerable in terms of my journey and how I felt about these things. And obviously must have struck a chord with my audience. And that's when I talk about knowing your audience, which I I hoped it would do. I hoped that people would listen to it and go, do you know what, Teresa? Yeah, I feel exactly the same. Or yeah, I appreciate what you mean or I understand what you mean. And actually, I had quite a few of you, which I really appreciate, reach out to me and tell me that you'd listened to it and you needed to hear it at that point, or you agreed that you had felt like that, or that was something you'd overcome. And the reason you would have done that is because it spiked an emotion with you and obviously inspired you to then do that thing. So you really, really want to try and add that story around it. Like I said, it's really hard to try and get that emotion if there's no story there. And again, it comes back to what do you remember? You remember stories that people tell. My daughter and I, 
often laugh because she'll constantly say to me, Mum, have you got a funny story to tell me? Because there are so many funny stories and funny things that have happened and we literally howl. She thinks it's hilarious. So those are the things that work really, really well when there's a story attached. So what I want to do is I want to go through some examples because I want to give you some real key ideas as to how you can go ahead and do this in your marketing on your social media. So I'm going to run through some varying different post ideas and hopefully something will resonate with you along the way. So let's take something like regret or kind of that sinking pit stomach feeling Uh, rearrange those words to make sense, but you know what I mean. Okay, so let's say, for instance, you were selling a time management software or time management course or something like that. Now, it'd be really easy to focus all your posts around, we're going to save you time, you're going to halve the amount of time you do things, Uh, we're going to show you the tools and the techniques and the strategies. But actually, When you think about what's the pain point that that person's got, why do they want to save time? They want to save time to do something else instead of the thing they're trying to do. So let's say, for instance, you've identified that your audience are males with a family and a high-powered job or whatever. Again, I'm making this kind of stuff up. And therefore, actually, the thing that they want to do is spend more time at home with the family And therefore, if you were using an emotion to sell that, you'd be talking about the fact of that feeling you get every time you have to say no, that feeling you get when you have to work on a weekend and the family are doing something nice. So you're playing on that emotion. And like I said, it's not trying to do it in a sleazy and a yucky way. It's doing it in a straight up, honest and open way. So what are the emotions I like to use a a bit in my marketing is aspiration and dreaming. It's It's the kind of marketing where I try and get people to imagine how they want it to be. So for instance, because I help people grow their businesses and market themselves better, my kind of marketing for myself and for my academy and for the podcast is the fact of imagine if you weren't overwhelmed. Imagine if you had the business you were dreaming of. Imagine if, and those kind of imagining things, because then the emotion attached to that is huge. Let's just talk about a couple of the other more unusual emotions. So something like anger, disgust, the more emotions that have negative connotations to them. So this you have to kind of tread obviously a little bit carefully with. You only want those emotions to appear when they are in sympathy with you. So if something has happened or something in the industry and those kind of emotions are brought up by then. So something like an injustice or something like that. So those are the kind of emotions you want to think about if you're going to be using them. Now, some people, not me, I would happily admit, are very happy to be divisive and to create an emotion regardless of whether it's a a insupportive emotion or one that is not supportive. So for instance, regardless of the industry they work in, they will come out with a very strong opinion and wait for the audience to be divided. Now, personally, not that I sit on the fence, but that's not a strategy that I use. That's not something I particularly like to do. However, it can work really well for some people. And if they can deal with maybe the fallout from it, then absolutely why not sort of stand by what you believe in and what you sort of want to put out there. Because at the end of the day, the people who are going to agree with you are going to be your tribe and your community and people who want to work with you potentially or buy your stuff 
Whereas the people who don't agree with you are the people that maybe are not for you. So I suppose that's a way of really kind of finding that line. But the concern for me, I guess, is that I'm aware that everything I think is my opinion. And also I'm very aware that everyone has the right to have their own opinion. So I don't feel like I would want to use that as a strategy. Now, there's some emotions or some things that would provoke emotion that I would absolutely avoid like the plague. And those would be things around religion, politics, and even sport. And I know it seems like sport against religion and politics is a little bit, you know, not as serious as the other two. However, I can assure you definitely in the UK, and I'm sure it's the case in the States, that when you support a team, I, by the way, I don't follow any sport I don't even understand half of it, if I'm honest, but I am aware that some people are very passionate about the people they follow. And therefore, if you were to say something about one team, you could then potentially upset a chunk of your audience. And again, you might not be bothered about that. You might be happy to come out and go, I agree or I don't agree with Brexit or I like or dislike Trump. You you know, you might be more than happy to do that and, and wait for the fallout. But personally, I would avoid it just because some of those things don't need to be made public knowledge to sell my product or service. So those sort of things I would avoid. Obviously, if you're in politics or in religion, you're going to have a real job trying to avoid those things, But and you are going to have to talk about them. But in a normal job, i.e. not in those two areas, then I would suggest that you avoid them. So let's really quickly go through some other nicer, easier emotions to do. And let me give you some examples of posts that you can do. So for instance, happiness is a really good one. And happiness can be things like celebrating a win, saying to people that you're super happy because either you did this, you got this, the business got this, or let's imagine you're a state agent and you celebrate the win of someone uh, selling their house or moving into their new home. That's obviously going to provoke a happiness um, emotion and therefore they might want to like it or share it or that sort of thing. Also things like kids and animals make people happy. And I'm not saying that if you sell car parts, you should start putting bunny rabbits on your car parts. But I'm just saying that kids and animals are actually very useful. So I know we've got some photographers in the academy and often I I would love to go and speak to them actually and say, when you put a picture of a child or an animal up, does it get way more posts, uh, way more likes and way more engagement because there's an animal or a child in it. Okay, let's look at things like triumph. That's a really nice emotion. And again, when you're telling a story of overcoming something or especially a client overcoming something, you want to go back to the fact that your client or your customer is the hero of the story. So as much as it's nice, and don't get me wrong, I get such lovely feedback with stuff. I was nominated for an award. Uh, I was a finalist for a female speaker award in the UK. By the time this comes out, I would have found out. But um but anyway, I was, I was I made a finalist and I put a post up on social media and I got lots of lovely interactions. So it's not like you can't celebrate your own stuff, but you do have to celebrate your client stuff and your customer stuff. So things like case studies are really, really good to do this, to tell their story. And when you're writing those case studies, think about how you're getting that emotion in. So asking them, how did you feel before this and how do you feel afterwards? It's really, really going to help those emotions. Things like laughter is a brilliant one. So if I'm likely to share anything, it's something that makes me laugh because I love laughing. So things like jokes and funny videos and things that people can relate with. And there's a really, really good account of someone that I've done work with in the past 
called Beauty and the Button. They've got a lovely, lovely account. They've got really nice products. They're based in the UK. They sell giftwares. I think they deliver everywhere, actually. They sell giftwares. I promise this isn't an affiliate thing. But what she did is she really worked out who her customer was. And her customers were female. They were predominantly mums. They were running busy lives. And they were having to think about buying the birthday cards and getting the gifts for a party and doing the Christmas shopping and all that sort of thing. And that was what her company sold, gifts and nice things like that. And what she's done on her social media is she often puts very emotive stuff up that isn't necessarily to do with her products, but by putting an occasional post up like that, it helps lift the interaction on all your posts. So the algorithm likes it when people interact, and that's why you're going to do some of those emotional posts. So because she knows her audience really well and she knows they're females, she puts posts up like this. It's a quote and it says, every man thinks every woman's dream is to find the perfect man, please. Every woman's dream is to eat without getting fat. (laughs) See, I find this stuff funny. I'm her target audience. And then she did another one, which again, I can totally relate with, is I like to make lists. I also like to leave them laying on the kitchen counter and then guess what's on the list while I'm at the store. Like as a woman that has a child, well, children, stepchildren running a house, running a business. I can relate completely with those things and they do create an emotion in me. So I would likely engage, comment, share those sorts of things. So little simple things like that. If you know your audience well, then doing those sort of things would be a really, really good way to evoke those sort of emotions. Another one that you could use is trust. That's a really good emotion. And things like reviews, testimonials. Like I said, when I was buying that product online, my magnesium, I was looking at the reviews and checking that everything was okay. No, that wasn't the magnesium. I gave the example of a wire. You know what I'm talking about. I checked the reviews to make sure they're okay. So the trust is a good one. Another really good one, which I think is a fairly recent, well, I say recent, last couple of years, is FOMO, the fear of missing out. Now, one thing that some online marketers are really good at doing in terms of their posts is when people join an academy or people join a course or whatever it is, or have signed up to come to an event, then they will often post saying they've done it. And then the person who is selling it will share it. And the idea of people sharing it is the fact of, or the idea of them sharing it is the fact that you'll look at it and think, oh, they're going and someone else is going and someone else is going. I don't want to be the only one who hasn't bought that thing or the only one who hasn't been to that event. So again, the FOMO one can be really, really good. Curiosity, that's another really, really good post to do. And if you're doing things like quizzes or definitely using like Insta stories and doing sort of um, sort of questions and answers, that can be really good. So wanting to find out something about myself, people are really interested in finding out about themselves. So a quiz that might tell you which character you are or might tell you, I mean, there's a million of them going around on social media, but some of these things might be really, really good in terms of getting engagement. Also kind of starting posts with, do you do this? Or is this something that you struggle with? Or have you felt like this? Then often the curiosity of, oh, let me see what that is, will make you continue to read and maybe engage with that post. Often what I see actually is, um, I don't normally write posts like this. That is one for sure to make me carry on reading because it's like, well, what are you writing about? And then finally, another good one to do is reminiscing. People love reminiscing. People, when they think back on older times, and I don't just mean like, you know, stone ages, I mean like literally two weeks ago, 
they do like to think things were better, like things were better before social media, things were better before mobile phones, things were better before whatever it might be. So people often look really fondly back on time. So actually, if you were in a business that has been around for a while or has a history, actually doing things that make you reminisce. So I've often seen online some of those kind of funny videos that if you were a kid of the 90s, you'll remember these things. Or who am I kidding? I wasn't a kid of the 90s. Uh, more like a kid of, well, kid of the 80s. I was born, born in the 70s, but only just. And obviously I was a baby. So yeah, that would more resonate with me. But also things like, you know, remember having to use the landline in your parents' house. And like my parents used to have a lock on the phone. Did your parents have that? Like we had to put a code in to the phone before you could use it. And my mum would have to put the code in and then we could call our friends. But things like this, the reminiscing, whether good or bad or whatever, that's a really good emotion. So if you are a shop, then have you got pictures of the shop years and years ago? Have you got a picture of the high street years ago? If you've been doing this business for 20 years, is there a picture of you doing it 20 years ago that you can put up and talk about how long you've been doing it and do you remember when, da, 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 whatever it might be. So like I said, I just wanted to give you a few different examples of things that hopefully you could resonate with that you could use in your post. Now, I did have a look online actually for some examples and I have to say the stuff I found was just really big campaigns. So it wasn't something that necessarily might be useful for me to talk about. But there's a couple that um, I do want you to go and have a look at that are really funny. And they've done a really good job of using humor in their marketing. But it was a campaign and obviously, therefore, it was a bit more to it than perhaps just doing a post. And one of them is the Dollar Shave Club. So if you Google or go to YouTube and put in Dollar Shave Club and watch their video, this was the first video that they ever put out and it honestly went viral and caused their business to explode overnight in terms of sales. It's an amazingly funny video. And then there's another one, which I'm sure if you just typed into YouTube, photo book, mum, funny video or some random words like that, you'll find it. And basically it was about this woman who was playing the fact that she was a mum and she took all these photos of her kids and she doesn't have time to print them off. And this product is a photo book, but it's done in such a funny way. So I just want you to think about that, you know, the Dollar Shave Club, they sell razors and this photo book sells photo books. So it's not that they're particularly funny products. It doesn't have to fit. They just chose to market it in a funny way, which then caused an emotion, which then made people engage with them and remember it and like them and obviously want to buy their products. So I just want you to have a think about not only how can you create some emotion so that you can make that connection, but also so you're talking to the emotions that they're feeling, good or bad, or resonating in the way that they might then remember that and think, yeah, you know me, you understand me. So I just want you to have a think about that. To be honest, I feel like this has been a bit of an odd episode. I apologise. Let me know what you think, because I've had to stop and start and stop and start, because for whatever reason today, the flow hasn't been coming. And sometimes when I when I try and plan and give you lots of ideas and thoughts, and therefore I've written lots of things down, it doesn't flow as easily if it's just coming straight off the top of my head. But today, it didn't want to come off the top of my head. I had to write it down. So I hope that that was okay. And I'm honest as always. <laughs> I could have just got away with that and said nothing, but never mind. As you know, I'm a very honest person. Okay, I will leave you guys to it for this week. I hope you have a great week. Oh, by the way, did you check out Michael Hyatt's episode last week? Amazing. I love this guy. He is so good. 
That was one of my most favourite episodes ever. So do go check that out if you haven't done that already. And then next week, I've got another interview for you, which should be a good one too. So until then, have an amazing week. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, then please do go check out TeresaHeathWaring.com where you'll find more amazing content to help you grow your business.